Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I am Spike Eskin along with uh, a guy who is camped out in the middle of Benjamin Franklin Parkway waiting for the Pope's 4 p.m. mass. That is Liberty Ballers own Mike Levin. How's, what's the, set, me, set the scene for me over there. Okay, well, uh, it's just me and the Pope so far. <laughs> okay. And uh, he's really giving mass to me. He wanted to pick a, a Jew in Los Angeles to, <laughs> to fly in. And do it. I'm actually in Phoenix. I'm uh, I'm in Phoenix visiting family. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the Pope has an amazing sense of irony. If he is yeah. the most hipster yeah. Pope thing to do is grab a super Jew. hipster Pope. Yeah. He seems like a good dude. Like I I feel like I'd hang out with the Pope. Yeah, yeah. You know, for the, like the leader of Catholicism, he seems like a, a relatively um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Relatively like chill. Um, accepting kind of guy. So. The chillest pope, I think. Yeah, is. I think so far. I think that's why everybody sort of he. I think this pope. We're, this is the we're thirty more seconds on this. This pope seems to be the most universally, you know, accepted even by non-Catholics. Pope, I, I remember, like where everybody yeah. seems to think he's a good guy. Like when the pope is more progressive than like most of America, I feel like we have a problem. Yeah. Or uh, or maybe it's a good sign. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Um, okay. Away from the Pope. Uh, what do we got? Okay. So we... <laughs> we, got, we got plenty. Yeah, plenty. We were discussing right before the podcast started. It's going to be hilarious that the majority of this podcast, actually when I'm looking at it, the majority of this podcast being Gerald Wallace, Anthony Bennett, a little bit of Nick Stauskas in there, uh, a majority, almost all of the... Oh, and then... Uh, some Kendall Marshall stuff in there. Almost all of the podcast today will be about Sixers who will never be Sixers or haven't yet been Sixers or will forever be Sixers, but right. none of which have actually played for the Sixers. Oh, it's great. Today, the Sunday mornings are for Sixers. Are for Sixers. So let's start. Oh, oh man. It's a shame we only have like 40 minutes or so because I wanted to get in. I want to go in a little bit on Andrew Ottenberger. Uh, oh, you could do that. Yeah. I like going in on AU, but it's not even a Sixers thing. So, all right, let's start Fine. with let's start with Gerald Wallace, who I think we could probably agree on some level was one of the most predictable future former Sixers of all time. Him and his contract. Yes, uh, he was. Whoa, what happened there? Oh, hold on, my uh, my headphones got unplugged. Can you hear me? Yeah. Whoa! Now you've got it louder. Well, that's crazy. Oh boy! Yeah, um, the most the most future former Sixer of all time, and now he is a former Sixer. I don't even know. I had him on my rundown. I don't even know what to say about them cutting Gerald Wallace. Only that, as many people have pointed out, it's pretty hilarious that they'll be paying Javale McGee and Gerald Wallace a combined twenty two million dollars this year to not play for him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love this team. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. It's just, this is just, I mean, the, it's almost like, all right, I'm going to equate it back to uh, comedy television, so sit tight. Um, it's almost like in a pilot, you don't know, like, you have to just try to set up the world and set up each character, so you don't know why everyone's funny just yet. Right. But, like, the Sixers are on year three, and, like, year three of a show like, you know, Parks and Rec or How I Met Your Mother or whatever, you really got a sense of why every character was funny yes. and what their, what their bit was. And so now 
that we're on year three, waving Gerald Wallace is just like a classic Sixers comedy bit. Yeah. And uh, we knew it was coming, but it's still funny because we were, we're so familiar with them. That, that actually, even for somebody who has not worked on a sitcom, which is me and I would assume most of the people listening here, I think that is a very apt description because that's why that's why pilots for for sitcoms are so hard right because you have to sort of explain why everybody is funny and most great most great sitcoms are you you don't have to explain why they're funny because everybody just sort of knows when you know what george is going to do or what kramer is going to do that's very and this is i would say that like this sort of humor is very specific to the cult of Sixers fans that exist yes. now, the people that listen to this podcast, all understand why it isn't a problem to pay Gerald Wallace $10 million not to play here. Like, it's not, it doesn't seem, that's what's so crazy, is that nothing seems unreasonable about paying JaVale McGee and Gerald Wallace $20 million <laughs> yeah. not to play here. Yeah. Think about like, that money. If they, started, if they started out that in like season one, in season one, if they start paying JaVale McGee $11 million, it's like, you don't, it's, it's, it's unearned. Like, you don't, buy it quite yet but yeah. now that we have experience with them it's like oh no it makes sense like you're trying to explain it to someone who's never seen the show like you're like no no no, it's good it, like they earn it like it yeah. works out yeah it's not a big deal they were going to spend it anyway what do you mean they were going to spend it anyway <laughs> ah, it's sunk cost yeah, come on this is basketball none of it has actually to do with basketball that that is a great part of it i mean think let, let's for a moment at least just think about the sum of money that the Ten or eleven million dollars that Gerald Wallace is going to earn from the Sixers this year, and by the way, I guess assuming assuming he passes through waivers, he could earn on top of that. I'm, I'm, I never remember how this works, but I, I don't think, or no, or do does the new team do the Sixers just have to pay the difference if somebody else pays him? Like if somebody else signs him for let's say a million dollars this year, do the Sixers just have to pay ten, or do they have to pay the full amount um, eleven? And Gerald Wallace earn, double double earns. Do you know what the rule on that is? Uh, I don't. I, I it seems to me like they're going to pay him all that money anyway. Because like it's not it's not like a waiver claim. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because the well, but a waiver claim they wouldn't pay him any of it, right? right. I mean, like because I remember when when they had the what's it called when you can uh, cut the, the the thing with the last CBA uh, the uh, what was the clause that they got rid of Elton Brand on the uh, the um, amnesty. The amnesty clause. The amnesty right. clause. They could double earn. I know they could double pay, get double paid, but I don't know about yeah, this one. But it doesn't count towards the cap anyway. But yeah, let, let's let's think about eleven million dollars. Not only is eleven million dollars more than I'll earn in my lifetime, unless something unexpected happens. It's more than I'll earn. Then I'll then I'll earn. I'll spend. I'll save. I'll like like in in probably three lifetimes. I mean, it is an amazing amount of money that the Sixers will pay. And again, let's just give a little credit while we're being silly to ownership, who for some insane reason is okay with any of this. Yeah, it all comes back yeah. to the owner. It really does, and we've you know we say that a lot, and it just feels like it's at this point sort of just talk. Yeah, but. You can't say it enough because um, there are – I mean Zach Lowe mentioned it this week in the post. There's just no owner in sports really. I mean you see what like you know the Cubs – in baseball it's easier because you can see the prospects like developing. This is like you can see college basketball players and foreign players who like you hope might be on your team at some point. You might get the opportunity to draft them, but like the Cubs and Astros have been bad for a while and and are are now uh, improving in playoff teams. But in in basketball, it's just it's it's unheard of, and uh, it's 
you know, we're still we're, we're still not there. It's not like we should be celebrating just yet. No. I think that especially around the league, they're, they're still like being made fun of a plenty. Um, but we're it's we're patience is really going to pay off, I think soon, and uh, I'm very excited for basketball to start happening. Which is how many days away? Um, well, camp starts on the 29th, right? Wait, what's today? Okay. Uh, so Sunday that's Tuesday. Yeah, so that's Tuesday, and then the first game is October 5th. So basketball is pretty. I got my. And because we have limited time, I'll complain about it next time. But I got my season ticket package in the mail, which which this year the Sixers did what a lot of other teams are doing. And like unless you specifically request it, they don't send you tickets. They just send you like two membership cards. But it it has made listing my tickets on StubHub a special kind of nightmare. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, because I don't have serial numbers for each ticket. And StubHub, for some reason – like this is not – when you get your season ticket package in the mail, it comes with a little card that says, sell your tickets on StubHub. So, mm-hmm. like, everybody's good with it. Would, wouldn't you think, you know what, we'll save this for next time. We don't have <laughs> So, the next former future, former uh, future Sixer is Anthony Bennett. I think yes. we, we have different, different feelings on this in that you would have wanted him on the team and I would not have. You wouldn't uh, have wanted him at all. No, no. Not even as, as – not even – as a sixer, like as in any team, I could see you just being like, no, I don't think he's very good. But as a sixer, even for the fun. No, and here's why. Here's why. I think it shows a little bit of progress in that there was once a time when we had so many – our, our future was so unsure and we had so many guys we were so unsure of and everybody was like just sort of a joke that like you, we were just like sign him, give him 30 minutes and see what he can do. But I'm sort of glad that we're at the point, at least with the front court on some level, where you're like, well, you know what? We're, like if we give him minutes, it's at the expense of somebody who we like better. And right. I, I really enjoy the fact because there were a couple of people that asked me, well, what do they have to lose? Just sign him and give him 30 minutes and see what he's got. But I don't think they're at the point. I think they want to be – I think they want the basketball to be a little bit better this year. And I think they want you know the team building to really start. And they have guys. And I don't know that – that a guy like Anthony Bennett, who for two years hasn't been able to get into shape and really has not exhibited any specific – I know this is a very spike thing to say, but any specific NBA skill where mm-hmm. you're just kind of looking at him and you're like, well, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, I don't want him taking up the roster spot right now. And yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad for it in that respect. I see I, – I, you know, obviously I wanted him because yeah. he's my guy. Um, but – I would also say that there was n- there was never a world where when when they already spent that much cap space on in the Stauskas trade, accepting yeah. Landry and Thompson. Yeah, Car- Carl Landry, who's still on the team, by the way. Yep, yep, yep. Just just keep that in mind. Um, for maybe this might be the last podcast that Carl Landry is a Sixer, so let's memorialize that. Who knows? Um, but that they don't have enough money that they're like, oh, we got all the cap space in the world, we can do all this stuff with it. So I don't think there was ever a world where they uh, put a waiver claim in on Bennett because it's just too much money for how little he's actually produced over the two years. Right. So, and I and I and I was, it, it was hard pressed to find a team that would be willing to pay him like thirteen million over those two seasons. Um, but I did think that I'm, and I'm pretty sure that they probably looked at him in terms of free agency. But it seemed like a foregone conclusion that because he played for the Canada basketball team. That uh, that he'd go to Toronto, where 
he is beloved and um i have to move to toronto to to be there but i don't think that he um i don't think the sixers were like no we got enough guys because he's talented like i know that you're he hasn't he hasn't uh, exhibited any nba skill in any skill really at all because he's been bad but um you know he has shown displays of of being a stretch four um and being good in the pick and roll and being good on the break and uh you know he doesn't pass the ball well because no one at unlv did he doesn't defend well um and he's got a lot to go and he, and he should and he never should have been the number one pick that being said i still think he has plenty of ability and athleticism and uh you know if he's if he's his upside i think is like amir johnson a little smaller than amir johnson with like a jump shot which is a serviceable nba player but uh i think he'll I'm happy for him that he gets to go to Toronto. I'm giving like a very sober response to Anthony Bennett not being on the Sixers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I hope he does well. I'm, I'm looking forward to him uh, proving all the haters like yourself wrong. Uh, the athleticism is a an interesting word to use uh, regarding him. Uh, I <laughs> well, he has to get in shape, but he's but he's definitely got ability and athleticism. Okay. He's he's big. He's a big, big, strong, movable guy. Yeah, I guess it was funny when I when he came out. A lot of people seemed to compare him to Larry Johnson, and Larry Johnson was like, I I don't know. I I just haven't like I think sometimes just sort of like the white guy to white guy comparison. There were you know there are comparisons. LV, LV, sure. Yeah, yeah. I looked at him and I was like, oh well, he doesn't remind me at all of Larry Johnson. Or right. like he rem- if if he were to take. A bunch of if like if he were in a video game and he powered up, okay, maybe that would be Larry Johnson. But it didn't. You think he should power up? Yeah, I think he probably needs a power up. I think. Okay. I think he should eat the mushroom or whatever that is. Get the coin. Yeah. I'll tell him in Toronto. Yeah. So next, um, okay. So I have, I have. I'm gonna miss him, but he'll be back in like a year. So yes, I'm sure he'll be back in a year. So next, I have. Okay, I have. Here's what I have left on the agenda, and we can just sort of knock it off as you as you want. I have the uh, I have the Andrew Ottenberger. I have Paul George. I have Brett Brown's uh, interview that he did with all the media earlier this week. As Uh he, I have Twitter questions. I have a quick uh, uh, Nick Stauskas note, of course, and the uh, I think one of the best jigsaws of all time. Okay. So why don't we go to Andrew Ottenberger first? So he wrote a thing. This is not Sixers related, but I feel like uh, Sixers Nation or the the Ricky will have no problem discussing it. He was is part- it Sixers Nation or Ricky Nation? Ricky Nation, Ricky Nation. Okay, yeah, because we'll switch to a different team when the Sixers get good anyway. So right, yeah, so, stay with yeah. us. Don't stay with the Sixers. Right, right, right. So, so he was part of a, a a staff project at Spin Magazine where they came up with the fifty best fictional songs of all time. And so these are actual songs created for a fictional work, essentially. So like movies that are songs that appeared in movies but were performed in the movie by a fictional character. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, And it was the top 50. And my biggest problem with this list – and I think this is a very like 2015 list to come up with. I think it's a fun list. I think overall there are some things I forgot about, so on and so forth. But there is no infant sorrow – 
anywhere on this list. So nothing from Get Him to the Greek or nothing. And the only song from Forgetting Sarah Marshall was the song that uh, they, that Peter did at the end, the Dracula song, Dracula's uh-huh. Lament. So I thought this is like sort of insulting. And I thought like if you're going to put like Smelly Cat from Friends on there and sort yeah. of songs that aren't good songs at all, I thought there were – probably four really good Infansaro songs that appeared in both of those movies, like songs that would exist as good songs on their own in good movies by a a fun movie character in a popular movie that people liked. I thought it was almost him and the, the staff almost purposely not putting it in there, something that should obviously be in there. You're upset. I'm really angry. I I, I, I almost feel like it's a... They ignored – I know this is a subjective list, but objectively, I don't think you could come up with 50 fake songs that were better than, than Furry Walls or Bangers, Beans, and Mash or or Going Up. There's so many great songs in there. Like to put you know a Pete and Pete song in there and like you know – I don't know. Uh, even Berserker from – from Clerks is very yeah. funny and memorable, but it's there's so many songs in there that aren't good songs. How could you not have Infant Sorrow songs on the list? So you're saying they went for memorable rather than an actually good song. Yeah, and but but don't you also think I also think that those songs do do I have Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Get Him to the Greek in a wrong place in my those were popular movies, right? Especially Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, Forgetting Sarah Marshall for sure. Get him to the Greek, definitely less so. Um okay. but but yeah, I think I think they probably were like, We got we can give one to that canon of two films. Right. And there has to be one. Well, didn't they? Didn't they do uh, the Dracula song? Yeah, but that's not a. But but I, but that doesn't count. Like that's like that. The, there becomes a certain point, internet, where you're too quirky for your own good, and and like I like when you address the internet directly. <laughs> it's just I'm so sick of the internet and everyone's opinion. And and there's a there becomes a certain point I think where like where you're outsmarting yourself and I think Internet and Spin Magazine and Andrew Ruttenberger I think you've outsmarted yourself on this one and I think you you've tried to be a little too ironic and a little quirky and and you're just ignoring the the best parts of both of those movies and I you know I I like Get Him to the Greek actually better than Forgetting Sarah Marshall but let's mm-hmm. not let's not without Russell Brand that seems, that seems crazy to me but okay keep going well I think I think I sort of like I understand why you think that seems crazy but I almost like I like and this I'm not trying to be ironic but I like Made better than I like Swingers because I like a certain kind of comedy that is sort of annoying and weird. And I think Get Him to the Greek is a little stranger than Forgetting Sarah Marshall is. You don't, you don't, like, you don't like heart is what you're saying. Yes. I, especially in comedies, I want less heart. I want less okay. heart. Though, though what I would say is of all of Kevin Smith's movies, I like Chasing Amy the best. And that probably has the most heart out of all of them. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I think I just enjoy Diddy in comedies. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. But I think without Russell Brand... It's, I think that is a very hard person to replace in both of those movies, and that character is central to both of those movies, and those songs are good, and there's really no reason why not one of those songs should make that fake list. Okay. 
That's all I got. AU on blast. On blast. Next, Paul George. So Paul George is unhappy that he is a power forward for the right. for the Pacers right now, and that of course has made Sixers Nation think that he is the guy that will be traded for, like the superstar guy. I guess my yeah. question to you, I guess it's it's possible he's the, and, he's the guy I've been talking when people say like, okay, well, who's the Harden that the Sixers are going to get? Like Houston got Paul George has been the one that I've been saying for about a year or two. Yeah, so I guess my question is, is do you think my my instinct is is that he's not good enough to be that guy? If I I I don't know, if he doesn't seem good enough. He doesn't seem even in the Carmelo world when when the Knicks traded for him and I'm not a fan, but he doesn't seem good enough to me. I I he can't even get his own shot really. I I worry that Paul George has I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't love I, – I guess I would be excited if they traded for him, but there would be a lot more work to do, I think. Um, I disagree. I think, you remember, I think you're forgetting how good he was for that like, year or two before he got hurt. And before and – Indiana, Indiana also ran like so many bad, boring offenses. I think Paul George in like a fun, up-tempo offense would be really great. And furthermore – I mean, you know, who knows who who they'd have to trade for him in this hypothetical, but I mean, imagine, I, I think they could play Paul George at like the two, and it'd be like Paul George, Robert Covington, Nerlens, and Jaleel. Obviously, they'd, they'd probably have to trade some of those guys to get him, but uh, I think that they'd be fine, you know, in the same way that we've been talking about Hinky going like against the grain uh, in, in a new market inefficiency of small ball. I think they could be like, all right, well, you want Paul George Beer four? He's our two. Try to cover him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, good but luck. Don't you think? See, see I, if Monte Ellis can cover Paul George. I just think he needs to get, and hopefully, I, I would assume he's not at his like he's too young to be at his ceiling. And yeah, but he needs to become a better ball handler or a better shooter or something. I think. I, yeah. I think he probably thought, and I think he probably bought into his hype a little bit early. And Maybe. what wasn't quite as good as he thought he was, uh, and hopefully he's got more room to grow. I just uh, offensively, I guess I was hoping for somebody who was a little further along. But I guess I'd I'd be fine with Paul George. I, I get, what do you what what do you think it would take to get him? Um, it depends. I think I think they're gonna need to. Indiana is gonna need to like collapse in order for it to for this to happen because he's only 25 and they just made like a bunch of big changes. And so I think they're going to need, things are really going to have to fall apart for them to be like, okay, we got to start over. Right. Or if, if Paul is really, really disgruntled um, because they have like such a weird team. Like Eon Mahinmi is like starting at center for them and right. like, or like Jordan Hill is the back. It's like a really weird there's like three guards. Everyone's name is Hill. It's just, it's just a really – I don't know what they're going for. And I think that I, I would be surprised if – it would take extreme circumstances for their solution to be, okay, Let's trade we Paul have George. to trade Paul George. Yeah. Right. Um, but I love him and I've loved him at Fresno State. I think he's a stud. I think he's uh, in the right system, could be not only like as good as he's been – um, 
because he's a tremendous defensive player also but um but also just like a really enjoyable cog to watch i i think that they they just slowed it down so much that everything was half court and in half court stuff you're not getting as many easy opportunities and so when he's forced to take like 16 foot contested jumpers like and that's like part of the offense is him making like 41 percent of those shots then like he's not going to be that efficient or like memorable even um but i think with the sixers with shooters around him and athletic players and and pushing tempo uh i think that and then i think jaleel will be eventually a better offensive post player than hibbert is and was also um but yeah who knows what it's going to take to get him um but he's a guy that i i think if you throw like you know if they really want to totally rebuild then like two first round picks and um maybe Nerlens. you're always I dying guess. to trade Nerlens. i knew it was going to be two i know but i think he's the guy that i think that i mean of the uh, in terms of value and value to the sixers and value to the league i think he's the guy that has the has the greatest on both sides um because he's expiring in two years like it's it sucks because i i supported drafting Nerlens and Embiid even though they both missed a season we're going to miss a season but it sucks because then you have okay now the rookie contract is essentially three years and so you have to make those decisions a lot quicker and uh no one says no one was great last year, but he's got two years left. So I don't know. All right, well, next. What do you think? What do you think it would take to trade for him? I don't know. One, uh, we'll start. I, I would say maybe two first round picks, Sarich, and like maybe Covington would do it. I don't know. Yeah, Probably and the, well, one of the first round picks, obvious. Like, so you're going to have to find a way to get them a top five pick, whether that is yeah. our pick this year or the Lakers pick or something. So. Yeah. And if you don't have one, that makes it tougher. I I, I suppose there's a world that, that we might not have one of those, you know, where the Sixers oh, pick could yeah. be. Well, I I, I guess I between, I don't... between the Kings pick swap, the Lakers and the Sixers, yeah. Sixers are getting the top five pick. Yeah, I, I guess I the, there's a there's a world in which the Sixers could win 28 games this year, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to. Okay, well, what would twenty-eight games have have? What pick would they have gotten? Hold on, I'm, six, I'm, six or seven. Yeah. So, and there's a world in which the Lakers could win thirty games this year. I don't think so. You don't think? I think they'll probably be less. Yeah. I, I don't we'll know. I, yeah, I think they'll probably be less. But someone's got to lose games here. It can't yeah. just be like Portland. Right. 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 And it's Sacramento. A, I mean, with with the odds of jumping in, and I mean, maybe the Lakers jump into the top three. That would be pretty devastating um but yeah i think it would take one of one of the sixers or lakers or hypothetically kings picks and um maybe that miami heat first rounder plus dario plus somebody else yeah yeah i think that's probably but i do that that for sure because that's what you do to get superstars i mean the the what was the james harden trade exactly it was was it Jeremy Lamb or the player that would be or the pick that would become Jeremy Lamb? No, it was actually Jeremy Lamb. It was um uh that that center Stephen Adams. Uh-huh. It was Kevin Martin. Oh, uh, right. And was there one more pick in there maybe? Am I crazy in thinking there was another pick? Um Kevin Martin, Jeremy Lamb. 
the pick two, that would two become first, Stephen two A. first round picks and a second rounder. Okay. For um for Harden and uh also Cole Aldrich. What's sent there? So Brett, Hunk, who was a former Sixer as well. So Brett Brown did his yearly lunch with the media and did some interviews. And the the you, thing that you I, there? You there? I, I wasn't because they do it at two o'clock and I have to be on the air. So now, you, now you're talent. Now they can. Uh, yeah. So thanks to the Sixers for making sure that I wasn't able to attend. Really appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks, thanks, Mike Preston and the uh, and Brett Brown and the entire team that made sure the person who wanted to be there the most could not be there. So. <laughs> Can we talk about can we talk about uh, a possible Nick Stauskas appearance on the podcast? Yes. Well, I had that after the 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 Brett Brown thing. So can we do this first and then yeah, the I jumped thing? I jumped I jumped the gun. So we were the the only thing I took out of the interviews that I thought was interesting was that he said there would be three point guards on the team and that Roten and, and Kendall Marshall neither one would be ready to start the season. Um, okay. But when you, if you consider them both point guards, that only really leaves one more spot, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think you could you could call Roten not a point guard. So I, I I could see them being like, all right, he's our off ball. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If so, if it's you... going to be some some combination of like, can well they they in releasing Gerald Wallace that means that T.J. McConnell has a spot, right? Is that not true? Well, it means they, they could give him that spot, yes. He can't, okay. Yeah, correct. So how about this? Just quick question. If if assuming that Kendall Marshall and Tony Roten are not there to start the season, as Brett Brown suggested, who will be the starting point guard game one for the Sixers? Isaiah Cannon. Oh, my God. That is the worst possible answer. Yeah. No I way. Think, no way. I think it's Cannon. Nope. All right. So, for the I third... don't think I I'm just really interested to see what happens with Pierre. I don't yeah. know. I'm probably lower on him than most people are, but I don't know. A lot of hate for you in the comments, by the way, about as low as you are on Sarich last. Yes, uh, yeah. which is exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> so, Dick Stauskas, I think once, like three weeks ago or a month ago. I just I told him that he should come on the Ricky just on Twitter. It's the only Sixers podcast, and people start saying, "Yeah, go on it, go on it." But then I did it again on Tuesday, and people started harassing him, and I started noticing that he started faving, like that he should come on the podcast. And people's reaction to f- people's use of the fave button is always interesting to me. Yeah, like he faves a lot of things, but this was the first time he had faved anything like that in it, at least as far as I can remember. Okay. Um, and he responded, and I, I was like, um, I was like, come on, you got to let us answer your stupid questions. And he was like, what are the questions? And I was like, no, buddy, that's not how it works. Yeah. And he he said, okay, then we'll have to do it sometime. And then he followed me. Um, and and now that you now that you're verified, now you get all that verified. Get, yeah, back. right. So no uh, one else is Spike Eskin. You were the only Spike Eskin. I'm the only Spike Eskin, right? So so there's like a fo- hundred other Michael events. I don't I don't even know if I'm actually me. So he followed, 
And I said, hey, we'd love to – I sent him a direct message. I was like, thanks, man. We'd love to get you on the podcast. I promise it will be painless. I was like, is there any time that works for you in the morning? This I is said, the first time I'm hearing about this. I didn't know yeah, about the yeah, yeah. Is there any time that works for you in the morning? For, well, I wanted to get it set first. I said, is there any time that works for you in the morning on Saturday or Sunday? And he said, hey, let's just hop on the phone now. So this was like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday and I was okay. on the air. I, I was on the air and I was like, well, funny you should mention about now. I was like, I can't really do it now. I'm doing a radio show that is you know, um, predominantly about the Eagles, <laughs> about the Sixers. So I was like, how about Saturday morning? And that was when I got back. That could work. And I'm like, eh, could work. I don't know about this. So yeah. I sent him another uh, direct message. I said, I will I said, I will send you a direct message on Thursday and I will um, uh, I will follow up with you then. Send him a direct message on Thursday. Have not heard back. Now, in fairness, Nick Nick Stauskas is a busy guy. He has committed on Twitter to coming on the podcast, and mm-hmm. I believe at some point he will come on the podcast. I don't want to act that needy about it, but I will say if you are listening to the podcast and you want Nick to come on, harassing him on Twitter seems like a per- uh, a way to do that. Great. I thought you were about to say, and if you are listening to the podcast, Nick. Nick, come on the podcast. Come on. It's easy. Brett Brown came on. The- we have not had a current sixer on the podcast, if I remember correctly, right? We have not No, had- we had Eric Snow. Yep. And uh, and then Sam and Brett, yeah, and so. uh, and a few uh, draft guests. Yeah, but never a, a a player that is currently on the Sixers. I think intentionally. I don't think we ever yeah. have no, tried. No. Not... no, I've never asked for what it's yeah. worth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to run through some. I'm going to do three minutes of Twitter questions, and then we're going to do a Ricky. Let's do it. Uh, in honor of Pope Francis, this is from Kevin. In honor of Pope Francis, who is your favorite Argentinian basketball player? Um, isn't Nocioni Argentinian? Or am yeah, I making that up? that's what I was going to say. Definitely Nocioni. Yep. All right, next. Uh, any news update on the road game bus trip? No, but I'll have one this week. How about that? Um, from Ryan Jones, now that Gerald Wallace is gone, uh, who are the top three most future former Sixers in the NBA currently? Oh, that's that. That feels like an, an article. It feels like I need to like to, to like look around more. I think uh, Larkin seems like a future former Sixer. Sh- to Shane me. Larkin. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't have any others really. Um, uh, I think Dennis Schroeder is probably one. Yeah, I think that. Uh, who's that power forward that's in the Lakers that was on the Raptors and the Bucks? Um, skinny power forward. What's his name? Oh, um, Ed Davis? Yeah. I think he's a future former Sixer, too. Yeah. Definitely. He's always, he's been on the list for a while. Okay. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll, yeah. we'll take some more time and think about this one. All right. From our good friend Legs, if the 2016 draft was happening right now and the Sixers were on the clock with the number one pick, who would you take? Uh, Ben Simmons, for sure. I'll tell you what. I watched the Draft Express video of Ben Simmons. Not a and fan. And you're? Not a fan. God doesn't oh, have a... of course you're not. <laughs> no hops. The guy has no hops. Yes, he, can, he does. He can barely dunk. No oh, way. Come on. Um, it starts right now. Yep. There we go. <laughs> uh, 
Um, who would be the better? This is from Ed Rose. Who would be the better quarterback in Chip's offense? Uh, Okafor, Embiid, or Nerlens? Um, I go Nerlens. I go Embiid because Nerlens I think would just be getting hit all the time. Embiid could take hits. Embiid is Cam Newton, I think. Okay. Um, from Matt Cornford, uh, give me Nick Stauskas's line for next year. Ooh, I like it. Um, 11, 4, and 4. Okay, I'm going 13 points. Oh, and what from 3? What from 3? Uh, 37. Okay, I'm going to go 39 from 3. Um... <laughs> 22 points, 7 assists, 3 boards. Nick, come on the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, Great. Uh, uh, all right, last uh, – well, no, this isn't the last one. We'll do this one one more and then the uh, then the the, the uh, jigsaw. I think, uh, from- think uh, Stauskas will be like a more efficient Jody Meeks in his first year here. Okay, I can take that. And, and, he'll, and then he'll get there. Hopefully he's not as uh, spastic on the fast break. Like <laughs> I, so I hope he is as spastic. <laughs> uh, from Michael, what is Rebel's favorite food? And that is boiled chicken breast and rice. Good. And finally from PJ, um, what, which Sixer is most likely to be a huge Mr. Robot fan? And uh, I would say... Oh. I, think, I think Hollis. Hollis to me always seems like the smartest Sixer. Yeah, I, w- I would say that as well. That seems, he seems that pretty seems cute. In, but I could see Pierre Jackson like taking like recommendations on what to watch and actually watching them. Uh, and finally, from Stingy, this is a great one. Is there a better physical joke than a finger hanging out of the fly of your pants? And the answer to that <laughs> is no, absolutely not. There's no. Not. It's so visual. All right, are you ready for the jigsaw? Uh, yeah. Just so you know, I'm on Twitter right now. They. Uh, Aaron Nola is done for the season. They're they're just taking him out, which I like. Okay. And uh, a brief word about Jason Richardson retiring. I oh, love yeah. him. Yeah, I love him too. He, I mean, it's weird that he ended his career with the Sixers with two years of just like hanging out mostly. But I'm glad he got back on the court, and he didn't look that bad. Like he, after after that long of not playing and and playing for a weird half team, he, uh, I'm, I just have like a ton of respect for the guy. Yeah, I hope they retire his number. To be honest with you, I, I, I think hope, they should. What, what about him as the as color? Uh, yes, I would take him as the color guy. Sure. Great. He sits in the. He's like Elton Brand if Elton Brand never played. To me. Yeah, I, the the only thing is that Elton got paid a lot of money to be the guy here, and Jason was always like an afterthought, and he was so much of an afterthought that like he's like respected for just being a great soldier. I think. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. You ready for the jigsaw? Yeah. No? Is that a no? Oh, I am. I want to say something afterwards, but... Okay. All right. Here we go. Oh, there's no music. God damn it. Well, now we got to start again. Here we go again. Oh, I... uh... Play. I will play this game. Game play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? Okay. I thought Brutal. of this question. Yeah. I'm just going to start hanging up. <laughs> 
I thought of this question the other day, and I actually posed it online. And the responses I got were were like, people were terrified at the. They were like, "Oh my god, this is this is very difficult." A few people who listened to the podcast said it was the best jigsaw ever, um, and I didn't even phrase it as a jigsaw. So I ask you, Mike, you have two choices. You must pick one of these two choices. The first one is everyone you know gets a hard copy of your complete lifetime internet history. Every Google search, every everything. <laughs> is that, wait, including private browsing? Yes, every okay. everything, yes. yes All right. Yeah. Or you are never allowed to use the internet ever again. Oh, boy. <laughs> um. Let me say that the older a person is, that the harder this is, I think. You know, when 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 you have more to lose, you know, I think this even gets harder. You know, a sixteen year old might not care, but I think the yeah. more you have into life, the harder this becomes. Yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> geez, this is crushing. It's devastating, as one person said. <laughs> yeah, this is devastating. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I just need the internet for everything so right. i will it's so wait, it's it gets sent to everyone everyone My you social. know yeah Whew. friends some, enemies people some bosses people are, some people are in for some interesting <laughs> thoughts uh yeah i will go i will bite that bullet in order to keep using the internet wow holy for smokes sure. for sure uh i would take the latter you would yeah, I would – which, you know, in the internet is email, you know. I would quit my job, you know, I think. I'd have to end up quitting my job. Jeez. Yeah, I, I don't think I can do that right now. I just, <laughs> because remember, if like if that exists, someone's going to give it to somebody who is on the internet and, and then not only people you know will have it, everyone will have it. You know, somebody will yeah. want to put that online. I just don't know if that could – you know, I don't know. Whew. You're, That's a wait, tough way to end. I'm like, all, I'm anxious now. Yeah. What, what did Michael on Twitter, when I asked that, responded, you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, so what did you want to say at the end? There was something oh, you wanted to um, say. So I'm working on uh, a television show that premieres on Tuesday night. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm, this is a plug right now. Um, yeah. It's called The Grinder. Okay. Uh, it stars Rob Lowe and Fred Savage. It's on Fox. It's uh, at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time between Grandfathered and Scream Queens. Okay. So uh, watch it. It's, it's very funny. Uh, it's a family show, but also funny and sort of uh, high-ish concept. I think the internet will like it. It's getting very good ratings. Uh, you should watch it. Also, I beat Rob Lowe in fantasy football last week, and he said nothing about it. He said nothing about it on the Emmys broadcast. Oh, nothing. wow. That's really disappointing. I beat his ass, and he said nothing about it. So He should, have, he should at least already... acknowledge it online, right? He should. He said, Michael Levin, for beating me at fantasy football, you can have one of my paychecks. Love, Rob Lowe. <laughs> Which I think is true. Well, so everyone watch the show. I'll watch the show. Okay, thanks. All right, you got it. Fred Savage. Yeah. Fred Savage is the best. So next time we talk, we will – will we have Sixers to talk about? Um, hold on. 
I don't know. What next weekend? I mean, what's October fifth? I don't even know the name of the. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get some more camp stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll definitely have camp stuff. We'll certainly have camp yeah. stuff. So we'll talk Quick to you next Eagles week. Eagles prediction. Oh. What do you got? The Eagles are playing today. They got to win. Twenty uh, twenty three thirteen. They got to win. They, I don't know how. The, but they got to Demarco win. Murray has been ruled out. No, has he? Yep, just now. Oh, well then, I'm putting Ryan Matthews back on my fantasy team. <laughs> there you go. I just picked up Darren Sproles and FanDuel. Oh, actually, I have, yeah, and I play FanDuel too. Actually, I have Sproles. So I replaced um, Ryan Matthews with him last week anyway, so or, or uh, yesterday anyway, so I'm good. Um, wow. Well, well, that's bad news. Um, well, I count on Ryan Fitzpatrick um, throwing three interceptions, so let's hope that's at least one more than Bradford throws. Just win. Just get yeah, us a win. Just win. Just win. All right, All buddy. Right. Love you, man. See you, bye. Right, see you.